and there's one circle in the middle, and then there are eight circles that interlock, that interlock as they go around the hub. And this makes a wheel which which uh, uh, can be used to incorporate uh, astrological symbolism and uh, um, it, it originally uh, came from uh, a French version of uh, the key of Solomon there was there was something similar to this and uh, this in turn inspired uh, uh, the French occultist Paul Christian uh, to uh, come up with a rose cross design uh, Lady Joe are you there yes here I am Hello, oh yeah well, yeah it sort of left me in the lurch here I I, I uh, you know so uh uh, you were going to you you uh, you you are uh, we were going to explain about where the uh, Fred uh, Fred Adams got the uh, the original idea for the Enneosphere, and I was just explaining that that uh, that it came originally uh, apparently the uh, from a from a French version of the Key of Solomon, uh, which Paul Christian picked up for his History and Practice of Magic, which both. Curiously enough, both Fred Adams and I both read when it was published in uh, 1963. I was in Florida at the time, and, and Fred was out here in California, and we both saw it. And uh, and, uh, and but Fred went ahead and and used it. You used that in his sphere design, uh, and and before his uh, uh, his master mandala for Ferraferia, and. Uh, and later, of course, um, I think primarily under the influence of Fred, although I had seen it earlier in in uh, in, in, in Paul Christian, uh, and the Paul Christian book both influenced influenced the OTA quite a bit because it was a French version of Craterapoa. Uh, so you know, Fred Fred and I both kind of um, kind of drank from from that well and. Uh, um, now, uh, would you go ahead and pick it up from here and and uh, and tell us tell us uh, about this book and, and and how it came about? Right. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show, Poke. Um, always a pleasure. And I'm sorry I had a little technical difficulty being here right on the moment of eight, but uh, here I am. Um, yes. Yeah, so, how this um, book came about. Um, as you say, um, Fred had been working with this idea that there would be nine spheres all centered around a central point. And this diagram, which he calls the Enneasphere, um, if people would like to actually see what that looks like, and I think it might be a good idea, um, it's available if you go to the Ferraferia website, which is F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A.org. And just um, on the main page, you can click where it will say latest articles, the very top article will show you, um, you know, the it will go right to that page. And you can see if you scroll down, um, there will be the book cover of the Green Pulse Oracle, and then you'll see um, underneath that an example of an enneosphere. And that particular enneosphere has written around the outside edges of it, starting with the position of the north, which is the up the top position, if you read it like a map, um, you know, the first uh, in the series 
the names of the months and are also the names of the symbol system or markers, starting with Beth. I'm going to pronounce them in my sort of Americanized way as opposed to the Irish way. Uh, Luis, Neon, Baron, Sale, or Salia, uh, Hua, and Dur. Just going around the circle, you'll see these positions, and each one corresponds to a time of year and a whole series of seasonal correspondences and astrological correspondences, and there's um, landforms, we would say biomes, that go with it, and a set of um, understandings that go very, very far back into the past um, with the Irish system called OAM, O-G-H-A-M. So um, that's to just try to explain when we're talking about an atmosphere what you're looking at there. It's all these correspondences he did. He drew many, many um, versions of these enneaspheres because he couldn't obviously fit them all onto one, but there's a good one on that website if you want to go ahead and have a look at that. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's not forget to uh, explain to people uh, that, uh, uh, that really when we're talking about uh, the, the, uh, the, the enneasphere uh, in Paul Christian, actually the real source book for, for, your, for the oracle uh, is, is Robert Gray's White Goddess. And, uh, and 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 the tree alphabet in the white goddess, uh, and uh, as I mentioned in the in in the abstract, you know, when we got started, that Graves had originally twenty. There were twenty uh, um, uh, twenty trees or or plants in this in this tree alphabet, and so twenty twenty letters or twenty characters. Fred expanded that to twenty four. And uh, and uh, of course, this means that 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 uh, he can go all the way around the the zodiac twice, and and uh, and uh, if he'd had uh, you know you know he twenty four letters gives you a complete analog of of the zodiac, all the planets and the elements, so you can uh, and and Fred knew that, and. Uh, and you know the Kabbalah, unfortunately, and the Tarot both are kind of they're 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 handicapped in the fact that they only have 22 letters, and you can't do all of the Hermetic correspondences with just 22 letters. I know uh, the Kabbalists try mightily to do so, but 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 they just can't do it. And and so Fred uh, knew this, uh, and and uh, and and he went ahead and, and when he when he did this, when he filled it out, he filled he filled the Enneasphere out. With all the uh, with all the 24 uh, f- uh, figures, and uh, that was that that was a very very uh, you know, uh, good idea. Now now these characters these these uh, these kind of like sigils that 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 uh, that, that Fred had for for these uh, letters. Huh? Uh, you want to talk about talk a little bit about these 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 uh, letters and how they came about and what you did with them? Okay. Um, what Fred did was back in 1972, he took what he had put together with creating this sort of round version, a round year-long version of the tree alphabet, and he developed a symbol for each one of the moments of the year. And the symbols, each one stands on a staff as if a person was holding a staff. This would be a symbol that if you made it in real life would be like a staff that you would walk with but with a symbol on the top of it. And each one of those symbols is sort of evocative of what um, the actual subject material is that goes with it. Um, I'd like to say a little something about 
the subject material and where all that came from because I think that's actually really important. Um, it came from the OM, and I, I mentioned that earlier briefly, but the OM is the only alphabet of its kind in that it, the way it's written, there's a straight line with that would act as a backbone, and then there's a set of other lines that will go up that straight line, either at, at a right angle or at a, a slanted angle. And there's either going to be one or up to five lines, and each of those groupings forms a letter. So those letters can be read, and how they used to read them back when this was actually a kind of a publicly used um, alphabet, they would read them from the bottom to the top, and they would be generally written on um, sticks or stones or trees, uh, but very often what we have now is, is about 400 examples of Olam writing on the corners of stones. And so where the stone had a sharp corner, they would write something on it starting at the bottom and going up to the top with these, um, you know, groupings of straight lines. So what had happened was the Druids and the people of the, the Celtic lineage had really no interest in having an alphabet or a written language because they were a very oral culture and they had a tremendous amount of respect for the powers of the mind and for memorization. And they really um, didn't want to disclose their secrets to the public at large. So there were all these memorization systems that were in, in use um, by the Druids back then. And um, Julius Caesar even wrote um, famously, about the Druids that uh, they, they despised the idea of having a written language um, because they thought that would mean that their memory, their capability of memorizing would, would basically disappear. And um, so the, these Druids used to, um, you know, go into these dark rooms or caves very often and memorize things. They memorized um, up to literally 150 different kinds of OM. So what we primarily use is the tree alphabet version of the OM so that each letter is correlated with a tree. Um, but there were all these other kinds of oems having to do with like bird oems and tassel oems and leg oems and nose oems and color oems, all these different versions of alphabets. And within those oems, or, or versions of alphabets, um, the first position was always taken up by, you know, a certain number of um, uh, angled marks together that formed a letter. And each one of those became like an index card where all that material that was being memorized as a kind of a mnemonic system um, by the people who were learning this vast amount of lore and stories and poems, they had to have a way of memorizing this material. So looking into the natural world around them, like for the tree on, they would look at a particular tree and they started their alphabet with birch, which was called um, Beth. And um, they would memorize something about the tree and what the position of the tree was that was the first woodland tree to put out um, um, every year. So being the first to put out the leaves in the year, it was the first uh, letter of their alphabet. And any uh, piece of lore that they could attach to that having to do with something that would start with the letter B or what we think of as B, they could attach a, a whole raft of memorized meanings to that letter B because it was their mnemonic way of keeping track, like an index card, of all this information. So um, that's why you have a ton of information and wisdom attached to each letter of the OM alphabet, because it was their way of cataloging information. And um, that was actually true of all the really original alphabets, because all the, all the other cultures 
were also oral cultures, the Hebrew and the Phoenician and the Greek and the Etruscan. All those were all oral uh, cultures before they were literate cultures, and, and they had to have a way of memorizing things. So each of them, when they came to distill their knowledge into letters of an alphabet, those letters became symbols for vast amounts of knowledge, which is why we have sacred alphabets. It's it's interesting that uh, that that that, uh, the, that you're saying that you're uh, bringing this up because uh, uh, in masonry uh, there's a survival of this in in the in the Masonic brevity code which all the masons are familiar with uh, and 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 you you can do a whole ritual in this brevity code like shorthand uh, and unless you actually know the ritual or have 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 uh, you know unless you have it at one time memorized it and you can look at this cipher and you and 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 you can you can read the cipher you, you if you've once done it it recalls it to mind and and uh, so this is a survival of this idea of of, of this kind of a shorthand uh, and uh, uh, one thing I, I want to mention though that that uh, uh, we all we all know that uh, the druids uh, like to were very much into memorization, and they were also very much into uh, into rhyming, you know, using uh, preserving uh, the the ritual or the teaching by by rhyme, by poetry, and and this is of course a bard was uh, was 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 a poet, and uh, and Robert Graves, you know, was at one time the poet laureate of uh, the of uh, Britain, and. Uh, um, and uh, he was very much much aware of this. Uh, and uh, but uh, apparently the, the the Druids did have a university out on an island off the coast of uh, Wales. They had this that they had a and, and they had they they had their corpus all all written down. Now what they had it written in, uh, nobody seems to know at this point. But what we do know is the Romans were so. And, he, and so afraid of them, the, of the druids, and they 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 were they were so fearful of them that they would that they uh, made a point of, of attacking this this island, and they and, and they made a point of burning, destroying all of the, everything the druids had written down in this in, uh, in this place, and so so it was kind of uh, kind of like a uh a burning of the library of alexandria in a, in a sense of what occurred, occurred off the coast of wales so they did they did apparently at, at one point try to try to write it all down but but it didn't last but uh the um, um the druids of course as as you as you know were also very much into reincarnation uh and uh, uh and they uh, even to the point of where they they actually would they actually agreed to pay off a loan at the next incarnation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the yeah, uh, and and uh, you you have here you says uh, since uh, oral cultures had to carry large amounts of practical and philosophical information from generation to generation, they had to develop uh, effective mnemonic systems to memorize things, and this is this is what we're talking about. Uh, and uh, it's it's. These symbols that you have in the book, and, and that you have, that you have uh, in turn uh, put on the leaves, the divinatory leaves. Instead of instead of a bag of runes, you have a bag of leaves, and these leaves are in the form of uh, of uh, vesicle pieces, uh, 
you know, sort of uh, uh, like uh, like lozenges. They pointed uh, double pointed ellipses. It's a it's a vesicle species. Uh, and you put the symbol on, and the symbols are beautiful. They're like sigils. And uh, it, 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 yeah, I'm fascinated by the uh, by the beauty of them. Uh, and also, uh, so you want to uh, tell us a little bit about how you uh, how you came up with the the idea of of, of doing the leaves and uh, and and, uh, and doing the divination aspect of this. All right. Um... Uh, that was kind of a process. Basically, we weren't sure at first. We had this idea that it could be something on um, ceramic, or, but then they might break. We thought maybe we could use tiles. We, we were trying a lot of other things. And um, at one point, we just got this idea that, like the leaves of a book, that somehow that there would be this, this poetry to the idea that since this is a tree alphabet, that having leaves as the individual you know, markers for the pieces, the little, you know, the symbols of the wisdom would be poetically appropriate. And we um, tried making, and John was really great about this, my husband, um, he made up different um, um, trial runs of actual leaves. He actually did castings off of actual physical leaves that we found around. And um, we decided that although they're beautiful, they were a little too complicated to look at, and also that they weren't, they didn't have quite the right feel in the hand. So there was a whole process there that we went through, um, and if 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 people are happen to be you know if they're like on their computer and they can easily look at that front page on the Fair Fairy website, um, the second article down under latest editions goes to um, if you scroll down a ways on the page to actual pictures a little further down at least I think that's correct um, that would show you the uh, um, the trials that we did, the different, you know, versions of the uh, um, leaves that some of them didn't, you know, we didn't stick with them, but it is, you know, Green Pulse Oracle Project. There it is. I'm sorry, it's the third one down. I was like, wait, <laughs> I thought it was the second one. Yeah, and if you scroll down on that page, you'll see this evolution that we went through, um, uh, starting with, like, kind of a diamond shape and then some of these best of pieces shapes. Um, and then above that, there's a picture of our, our very first one that shows us with all a whole bunch of the symbols were visible there. And that way, your audience can kind of get an idea of what these symbols actually look like. Those are very roughly drawn and put onto just some cardstock so that we could start using it as an oracle system and see whether we liked it. Um, that was an interesting process that we found very quickly that what the brief things that Fred had written, uh, because when he presented it, it was just three pages, and there was an image for each one of these symbols, and then next to it, about a three sentence discussion of what the meaning of it was, um, very um, closely correlated with Robert Graves' interpretations of the OM, and his interpretations of the OM came from, um, you know, ancient writings having, uh, there was famously the, called the Book of Ballymote, and that had within it a chapter called um, the Scholar's Primer, which goes back to 17, uh, 700, excuse me, 700, 6th, 7th century B.C., or A.D., I'm sorry, A, um, uh, C.E., and that was really only about 100 years after they were just in common use. So we figure that since it was so close in time that the information was actually quite accurate. And so those, that's the information that Fred was turning to to get his ideas for the meanings of each of these symbols along with his additional meanings, um, including his, how he realized that they had to be assigned astrologically and seasonally. 
so uh, those meetings were referred to in just those three sentences. He managed to pack in a lot. But we have expanded um, his whole thing from three sentences into um, really each each of the uh, leaf markers now has um, from two to five or even sometimes six pages of explanation that um, dive really deep into the Farfarian system to explain how this all fits together and what the really deeper meanings of those uh, leaf markers are, um, along with kind of a seasonal story that goes along from chapter to chapter. Yeah, right. This I, I was going. To, I was going to say that uh, that uh, um, um, uh, that one of the weaknesses of, of the runic system, uh, as it uh, came down to, and some of some of the rune, uh, the later rune scholars uh, tried to correct this, uh, and and uh, and, and uh, Robert Graves and Fred certainly certainly did did correct it in the in, in this case and that is to extend uh runic symbolism uh, out from nature out into uh into um, celestial nature in other words uh, in other words uh, you uh, if you're going to have a magical alphabet uh, as uh, as we uh do with that with the hebrew alphabet or the phoenician alphabet or the Greek alphabet. If you're going to have a magical alphabet, uh, it needs to be also. It needs to to relate to the signs of the zodiac and the planets, and uh, you know the elements, and and it needs to fill out the whole uh, the whole hermetic uh, scheme. And uh, Fred, of course, uh, was very 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 much of a hermetist, and 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 uh, so he he wanted to make sure that he that he connected all of the uh, the tree alphabet to uh, uh, actually to almost where well, you could say the Kabbalah in a sense, although although it's a Kabbalah of its own. It it it, it, it is it uh, uh, this is this is uh, and, and this is a complete uh, a complete magical alphabet, and and uh, and, uh, and and as such, uh, it should appeal. To neo pagans who who um, uh, especially to some of our, our our friends in Wicca who have always sort of uh, you know uh, been uh, been kind of jealous of the, of the ceremonial magicians because the ceremonial magicians were able to integrate astrology better into their systems than the Wiccans could into theirs. But this enables this enables the neo pagans. Uh, if they if they adopt this system, and of course Robert Graves, White Goddess is as as we have said on this show, and and, and uh, it is, is the is the Bible of the thinking witch, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, and and so this is this really is a this what you have done here is you have you have provided you have provided a working Kabbalah for the for for the for the for neo pagans and I think that's mm-hmm. a marvelous mar- marvelous uh, accomplishment. Uh, uh and uh you wanna uh, tell uh, you wanna uh, uh, give us the names of some of these trees and and, and, and the leaf markers? Uh we'll uh, uh right. talk about yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. Um I'll just um kind of if, if for those who happen to have the um, actual Enneas sphere in front of them, I'm starting at the north part, the upper part. You read it like a map, so the east is on the right. Um, and just we'll be proceeding around the year. So um, I'll give you the, um, 
the way it reads kind of in English, our English, and then sort of the Irish pronunciation and the tree attribution. Okay, so starting there with North, we have um, elm or alm, elm tree, and beth or beth, which is the birch tree, following that. Um, Edho or Eyo, the Irish pronunciation for with yew tree. Um, Luis or Louis, which has the rowan tree. Neon um, or Nian, according to the Irish, which has the ash tree. On or Un, and it has the gorse shrub. Now, some of these are shrubs uh, the way the Irish thought of things at the ancient times. Anything that was sort of shrubby or tree-like, they were all called trees. Farren or Farren, the alder tree. Uh, sail or Irish pronunciation is Salia, the willow tree. Um, now, I would like to say about Salia or Sail, that's a nice month because it's sort of the May time of flirtation and going forth. And there's a lot of energy, shall we say, sexual energy at that time of year. Um, there, you know, we always have the traditional dance around the maple and the pagan approaches with that. And the, the reading for that one I always enjoy because it directly addresses, I mean, many of these do directly address the time of year and the things that we sort of traditionally have going on as we look at our history for that time of year. So this talks about literally the flirtatious energy and wanting to kind of go for it and, you know, find somebody and, and yet, you know, you're kind of holding back. Maybe the time isn't quite right. There's a lot of heavy flirtation going on. That's very specific to um, the salia or sale uh, time of year. A um, little bit further on down, due south, we have, uh, looks like D-U-I-R, Dur or Dur pronunciation. The oak tree is the tree for that time of year. This is the uh, time that we just celebrated. This, this is fabulous summer solstice that I was honored to go to down at uh, Riverdale, Pope Runyon's OTA Hermitage. And um, we celebrated summer solstice, and the oak trees were all around us. And we have a lot of other trees as well. Um, we had uh, a phenomenally beautiful whole moon rising up, which happens once in a generation um, up over the hillside, just when we were calling on Astarte to come forth. And there she was, the beautiful full moon. And uh, they have a beautiful hinge there, and we were doing this, uh, all this celebrating out in their hinge. And it was really a phenomenal um, and very beautiful, impressive ritual. Now, Pope, did you, I'm sorry, you know, my, I had trouble getting your hermetic hour to show up on my computer, which does occasionally happen. I'm blaming it on it being a Mac. So I don't know, did you have a chance to talk about your summer solstice at all at the beginning of the show there? Uh, well, I, I, uh, um, I uh, posted on our website uh, and, and, uh, and on the websites of our uh, people around the country. I posted uh, a report on it and mentioned mm -hmm. that uh, you and John, that you and John were in attendance, and and uh, uh, and uh, I also said that we were going to be on tonight uh, discussing uh, discussing this book, uh, mm -hmm. and so you know I, I've gotten that out to. I've gotten that out to our troops anyway, uh, but I had an idea which I wanted very much to mention, um, and I didn't want to repeat if you had already mentioned it, but it was so special just before the ritual started when everybody was gathered on the far side of the creek getting ready to start chanting and singing and cross over the creek and go to the henge. At that moment, we all happened to be looking up because that was towards where the henge was, and it was the biggest shooting star I've ever seen in my whole life. Shoots across the sky and splits into two, 
and disappears, and we were all just like our jaws were on the ground. It was so beautiful, and it was so big, and it was right at that exact moment when we were starting, and it was like such a blessing. It felt like a blessing to my well, heart. Yeah, that that, that was beautiful. You're, you're right. And it, it certainly was. Uh, yeah, uh, the... Um, um, you know, another thing that we want to—I uh, certainly want to mention about uh, about this this book—is that you have a you have a beautiful selection of friends' artwork uh, that we haven't seen before. You know, we mentioned uh, "Celebrate Wilderness," uh, your 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 first book, uh, uh, and and that's got uh, some of, uh, some of selection of friends' artwork and photographs of of, of Farifarian, uh ritual equipment, and whatever. And and all, but this this book, uh, uh, the the Oracle, you have a selection of paintings and drawings of Fred's, and you you uh, you didn't uh, um, you selected them uh, to illustrate the different uh, the different leaves of the of the alphabet, but but they aren't. Uh, you wanted me to you wanted to be sure to to, to mention to everybody that. The, that they're not that Fred didn't do them with the with these uh with these particular uh uh leaves of the alphabet in mind. He didn't. You selected them. But uh you did a very, very nice job of selecting it. Do you want to talk about some of that artwork? Well yeah. Um there when we when we do get the book actually printed up, I, hopefully it's clear to people that it's not actually available yet and I'm hoping that it'll be available by the end of the year, right? Because it's a process of tons and tons of research. Still ongoing, but we do have a very nice draft. We've got a couple copies of it actually printed up now nicely with a cover and all that, um, and it gives us something to work with. Um, so I'm hoping that people will be able to order it by the end of the year, um, or maybe sooner if things go really, really well. Um, but the artwork, as you say, um, it was a, it's a selection of things uh, that you know that Fred did over you know several different kind of like uh, each artist goes through sort of phases, their moods and their their art changes over time. So there's a tremendous amount of variety of types of art in this book. And not every single one of the leaf markers has an artwork that specifically sort of illustrates it. But I was impressed at how easy it was in many cases to find artwork that just really captured the spirit of that particular leaf marker. And... Um, you know, there's, as I say, just a, a huge variety, but um, I put our hands because, you know, going through Fred's material is an ongoing delight. There's just always something new. And I thought for sure after finishing Celebrate Wildness that um, that I'd used all of his best work and, oh, where am I going to do for find any more work? But the reality is, is I start going through what I have and then I look into some of the old Corisalias and I start taking photographs from there. And there's always more artwork. I mean, the man was incredibly prolific, and he, um, you know, not only was he, you know, a genius, really, when it came to being, you know, coming up with really profound and timely insights into what our, our planet needs right now and what we as people need to realign and get into a better balance with our planet and have a future, you know, of, of greenness and balance and beauty. Um, and he really was emphasizing that all the time from the very get-go from his first, you know, vision in the 1950s all the way up to the time he died. Um, but, but beyond that, you know, he also, you know, created all this art to kind of make the vision more um, um, available to people because it's very hard to get something from a book when it's just black and white words on a paper. But when you start seeing the imagery that goes with it, inspiration comes in. You get it. You, know, you just get it on a much deeper level. 
Yeah, the uh, um, um, I want to uh, I want to uh, uh, mention that uh, that uh, this system should be uh, should be uh, worked in conjunction with uh, with other Farafarian uh, writings because, and in in essence, uh, uh, and then we discussed this uh, earlier uh, that you you. Uh, were working on until you had this inspiration to do this. You were working on a on a a, a, a book of Farafarian, a more or less uh, comprehensive book of Farafarian rituals. Uh, right. Of course, being helped uh, helped in that regard by Peter Trump, you know, because he has he had published so many of them, and, and getting it all together, and 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 uh, uh, you know. He was sort of working towards something like uh, like Rigardi's Golden Dawn, you know, for Ferraferia. You know, this was the whole nine yards. And then, then you had the idea that wait a minute, uh, let's cut to the essence. Let's give uh, before we do this. This we haven't, you know, of course, you know, we you haven't abandoned the idea of doing the the complete Farafarian uh, ritual thing yet. You just put it aside and said, let's cut to the essence and do something that that will give people uh, the 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 essential essence and something they can get their hands on and something they can actually do. And uh, and he came up with and and this is the thing, uh, Joe, that I that I think is so wonderful about this book. Because uh, you and I both, you know, we 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 grew up we grew up on Ferraferia, both of us. And this is this you, what you got in this book is the soul of Ferraferia. This mm-hmm. is what you have here because the the, the, the tree alphabet and the enneospheres. This is it. This is the soul of Ferraferia. If people if people master this. They 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 master this uh, this system and they they use this system and they they really uh, uh, almost it almost is should they should be do, reading this working with this before they ever get into the uh, a complete set of rituals. So I think well, your decision to, to I think your decision to do this the way you've done it. And to get this out before you 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 you, you finish up the uh, you know the, the complete system book is the right decision. I, I I really feel that that people are going to be able to get a handle on Ferraferia of this through, through this first. I think this is the way to do it, and and, and I want to I want to really uh, you know uh, uh, compliment you on that decision. Uh, well, thanks, and I want to um, credit where credit is due. I have a friend uh, named Maka. Um, or Aileen O'Brien is her, um, you know, non-craft name, who is has been um, really helping me a lot in terms of, you know, many things, sort of editing and, you know, coaching and cheerleading and many things. And she's been encouraging me, you know, in the process of working this through. And she was the one who said, you know, we were we were just, I was just buried by this project of doing this huge book. It was just too big. We were talking about maybe breaking it down into several individual books so that people could get through it without being so overwhelmed, you know, like reading an encyclopedia. You know, it's just too hard to do. But if you have individual books, then you can manage. And so we were thinking about that. And then I brought out, you know, this three-page OM system that Fred had put together. And I said, you know, this is a really fascinating thing. And we were looking at it. She goes, you know, that would make a great book by itself. And I was like, the light went over my head. And I was, you're right. (laughs) You know, it's just 
that was it. You know, we that where we started yeah. from with discussion, and um, uh, you know, it just developed from there, really. Um, well, she certainly point, gave you the right. Yeah, she gave you the right support on that and the right idea because because this, as I looked through it and as I read through it, uh, and and uh, I, I I thought. My gosh, this is this is the soul. This is the very soul of Farafaria, and and uh, I, I I think that uh, you have you have just you, you've really really done it. And and uh, and when we tried it out, uh, I was I was amazed at that uh, you know the result I got, and and and, and, and yet you know uh, it, it, it's like the eating and geomancy. It it's 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 so basic and so intrinsic that it's got to work. It just has to work, and and yeah. Uh, and yeah, especially if you're in tune with if if and it works even better if you're in tune with nature and and, and nature around you. It is a uh, you know one thing I I feel like with. Um, uh, with you and John, and and with us, uh, you know, at at, at Rivendell, uh, I I feel so sorry for for people who can't live in nature. You know, we have we have the ability. You know, we we're we we live we live in the woods. You know, and and it, yeah. and, and wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody could? You know, but but uh, at least at least the, even if they can't live in the woods. At least they can they can uh, they can share in the system uh, of those of, of those of us who do live and love in the woods, and and uh, that's uh, you know that that uh, that's a great gift, and and I I want to thank you you know you know so much for preparing this. Now let's 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 get practical here. Um, you're gonna you're gonna uh, you need to find a you know you need to find a printer. I do too, and I. I because I got some stuff that's out of print or getting going into print, so we both need to find to find good printers. And uh, um, yeah, and in this case, but both of us, books are not dead. But, you know, at least the magical community still likes books and and still likes DVDs. Uh, so mm-hmm. this 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 uh, you know the. Uh, the the article is not going to go on the cloud for a while, uh, hopefully. No, and, uh, no, this is the kind no, of thing no. people really need to have it in their hands, you know, to to really yeah, get it. Yeah. I think. Now, I want to another thing, and you got me so inspired here. I just want to mention it. Um, uh, what you were just saying about nature and so on is that when people um, are reading this book, and you know, and in the introduction, the, the chapters up there at the begin, beginning before it gets into the meaning. Um, and you're looking at the Enneosphere, um, those of you who have already read Celebrate Wildness will know that hinges and making a hinge of your own is also very central to Farifaria. And if you, can't, if you don't have a backyard that's big enough for a hinge, maybe you can just lay out something on your patio or on a piece of cloth that you can roll up. You know, if it has to be in your living room, you can bring in like shrubbery or bushes or you know potted plants or flowers or just something to bring a little bit of that outdoor feeling inside. Everybody can use a hinge, even if you don't have a backyard. But if you do have a backyard and you've got a little space for even a nine-foot hinge or a twelve-foot hinge, you know that's a luxury. And boy, it's such a fun thing. I've had a hinge in my yard for a number of years now, and you can go out there. You can walk like there's a Risings and settings of the moon, that the falls, 
equinoxes. You can make markers for them. You can go and you can look at a map when you're like in your hand and you say, oh, on the on the eastern ray, I can go out and I can find this particular mountain. And then you go to that mountain and you take a little stone from your hands and you get a little mountain, a, a little stone from that place, that sacred place that you go through to the east of your hands and you bring it back. <laughs> By doing it, yes, absolutely. If you can't, you yeah, yeah, if you're not in nature, you can go out and bring nature back to you. And, exactly. and uh, yeah, exactly. And and uh, the, uh, um, the I want to also, uh, I, but but I mean, in a practical area, uh, you're going to get have to get this book into print, of course, and that that'll occur in the next few months. And uh, when you finally get it uh, into, uh, when you finally get it. Into print and it's uh, and it's, and it's back from the print shop and you've got it and you uh, you can uh, you, you're going to sell it on your website. Hopefully you'll be able, you'll 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 have it on Amazon. Uh, you know also hopefully. Uh, but it, when when it becomes available, we're going to take this show that we just uh, we just did, and after uh, after Xandria uh, uh, edits out some of the fumbling in the beginning that I was doing. Uh, and we're going to rerun it, and we're going to we're going to rebroadcast it when you've got the book out. So uh, let's, uh, you know, as I say, I'm just just uh, kind of hoping you'll get it on Amazon. But uh, let's tell people right now because uh, not just right now, but but uh, when when it comes out, uh, let's have your website very, uh, you know, okay, you. You, you, you folks out there, get your pencils out and, and, and write down and tell them, tell them where, where they're going to be able to get it when, when we, uh, when we have it, when, when you have it for them, okay? Oh, sure. That's going to be right there on the Feraferia website, F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A dot org. Um, and I, we probably will put this on Amazon. Um, I haven't put our other books and videos on Amazon yet and I probably will get to it at some point but uh, but uh, you know right now our, our material is just available uh, at the Feraferia website and um, I certainly you know hope that people go there it's, this website has far more believe me far more than just you know a few items for sale it's got well over a hundred articles lots and lots of artwork um, you know rituals lore history um, you know, philosophical speculation, the whole Ferrarian system. I mean, there's just you could spend like you know probably a good month just reading all the articles on there. And um, so, I highly recommend people poking around in that website and getting familiar with it. It's, it's a real generous offering. There's lots and lots of material there. Yeah, uh, and 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 also, uh, you know, uh, I think, and and I think, and and so do. Some of my my friends that, that looked at the book uh, over over uh, seasonal weekend uh, that you should definitely uh, you know see if you can't uh, uh, get one of the big occult publishers to 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 do it because it looks it's it you know I I can't see why why uh, I don't know I I don't want to mention the name of one of them but I think you know you know the one I'm talking about but but please if you if they if you if they agree to take it. Be very careful because they have a they have a reputation of wanting to change things their way, 
and 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 uh, you know so so uh, you know stick stick by just tell them you know this is this is fair fairy and and we don't we don't do it. we don't make changes uh, but but uh, I, I think you should definitely try to see if you can't get uh, you know go that go go in that direction uh, and I wish you all the luck in the world on that and uh, um, the. I can as I say, I can't I can't have enough good things to say about this book. I I think it's I think it's wonderful and I think as I said it is the it's the heart and soul of Ferraferia and, and I think it was it was a wonderful effort and, and when and when you get it ready to go we'll we'll rerun this again and, and, and we'll uh, we'll help you get it out there. And I want to thank you so much for coming on board. And is there anything else that you'd like to, you know, you'd like to that I've that we've missed that you'd like to cover? And, and, and uh, uh, anything anything that we uh, that, that you that we missed that you want uh, that you might want to catch up? Um, well, I don't know if this is the right time um, to describe the kinds of castings that we could do with this system. Or should we wait on that for some future time? What do you think? Well, you mean the kind of uh, the kind of divination, uh, the different sorts of like spreads, like, like tarot yeah, spreads yeah. and all that you could. Yeah, yeah I can well, no, 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 go ahead. No, 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 talk about that a little bit because it isn't okay. uh, when when we did it, uh, and you know we were just uh, we were just doing one question and we just used one leaf a piece and that that. And that uh, that that was when we were doing, and that worked out very well. But go ahead and, and, and explain what else you can do with it. Yeah, please. Well, I mean, basically, there's, um, you know, you could do one, two, three, or five um, of the leaf markers. And if, if you just want to get kind of a, a really, you know, relatively speaking, fast, uh, in-depth uh, response to a question like, you know, should I should I get this particular job or should I write this particular book or should I go to Hawaii or whatever? You know, you have a question that's relatively straightforward and you need a simple answer. You can pick up one, you know, you can basically you have a bag of these leaf markers. You will speak or whisper your question into the bag like, a, like, the, like the leaves in a tree. You know, the wind whispers through the leaves of the tree. You're kind of whispering into the bag and saying your question. And then you mix up with your hand in the bag, you mix up the leaves, and then you pull out, you know, the one leaf. But if you want to do a bigger spread, you can do um, like, okay, if I do this, then the first leaf will be the one yet. And if I do this other thing, so if you have a choice, you might want to go, uh, if I have two things to choose from, you'll get a leaf for each one, and you can make a choice that way, which works really well. And another way you can do things is you have a bigger life picture. You can do the past, the present, and the future. So you pick out three leaves and you put them down. You put each one down right side up and face you so you can see. And then you look up in the index of the book where each one, you know, what page you go to to get the reading. And now, um, one thing that's a really nice way to do a spread is a five-leaf spread. And I think they do this kind of leaf, um, these kind of spreads with the runestones. Basically, you'll have a similar past, present, and future, you know, for left to right. You have three. But um, underneath it, you have, like, these are the challenges that you're facing. Like, you know, you have a bigger question, you know, like, you know, is my current approach to life working, for instance? This is one we did just recently. Is my current approach to life going to be good going forward? So we looked at the past, the present, and the future of that. 
and then we look underneath it. You place the next one underneath, and this is the challenges that um, a person would get given, you know, their circumstances. And then you have the, the fifth one goes on top, and that is um, the guides, helpers, and positive influences that are uh, at play in the situation. So what you have there is a cross. Okay, you've got the three across in the middle. The one underneath is the challenges. The one on top is the, uh, the pluses, the guides and helpers. So we did that reading um, just recently, and, uh, and it was really quite fascinating. We got um, some interesting information. It was, this is for an individual who has a lot of um, spiritual depth, I would say, and, um, and the, uh, the answers that we got back came back with lots and lots of depth and just an amazing amount of continuity from um, the one mark to the next. It's like they all pointed in the same similar direction. There wasn't any thing out in left field. It was like this is a really clear um, statement about where this individual is going and um, that they, you know, are a gifted person with a lot of, um, uh, as I say, spiritual insight and, and a future that's going to hold some, um, you know, um, like philosophical key, shall we say, that I think is going to be a help to both that person and to other people. Um, so, you know, we get a lot, each of these readings, it doesn't just address, you know, oh, some superficial thing. It's like it's going to go in and really give you a deep reading about all the background influence, especially if you do a full, uh, you know, five-lead yeah. reading we get. So I'm I, glad, I just, yes, I'm, you're right. I'm glad we covered, I'm glad we covered that because I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave people with the with the impression that this thing, that this system is simplistic because it is not. It is not simplistic, uh, and 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 it has enough complexity uh, to uh, to be, uh, you know, to 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 give you uh, the the depth. Certainly, the depth that geomancy and tarot are are uh, are capable of, and and uh, and because it is based upon uh, the whole, you know, the whole of nature, all the way from all the way from the center of the earth on out to the on out to the stars. It, it it's it's uh, it, it it's it's a universal and I say and a hermetic system, there's no doubt about it. And uh, uh Lady Joe, I really wanna thank you and, and uh thank you for for uh you know, introducing us to this and, and uh and like I said we'll 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 be back when you're ready to go with it and and uh and uh uh, meanwhile, my best to, uh, to, uh, to John and, and, and uh, the Farrafarians up there, and and uh, and and take care and be well. And uh, and next week we'll be back with another uh, with another show. And and until uh, then, uh, everybody out there, Evelie Corey, Evelie Kuros, and we and and thank you, uh, thank you again, Lady Joe. Good evening. Thank you. Good night.